Welcome to the Beat Podcast. This is MJ here with BD. This is part two of the inaugural podcast of the Beat. Uh, so technically, I guess it's not the inaugural podcast anymore. And we continue our discussion of the top 10 franchises in NBA history. So the number four franchise, I'll let MJ do this one since this <laughs> yeah. is his favorite team all so, time. So yeah, my, my all-time favorite franchise is the Chicago Bulls. They totaled 10,496 points. They have six championships, six finals appearances, 33 playoff appearances, and 2023 regular season games won. And they have a winning all-time record in the wow. regular season. So that's that's another big thing for them. And that was, I think, what separated them a little bit from New York, on top of, of course, you know, winning more championships. Yeah, I mean, Chicago is a team that, even though they played in the big city, they really were not anything great before the Michael Jordan era. I mean, Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time, and... He really just turned that franchise around. Now they're one of the biggest franchises of all time. And what's really amazing is they won all six of their championships in the in the 90s. And they, all with Michael Jordan, of course, it makes them third overall in championships. Right. That's pretty amazing. Right, definitely. And they're perfect in the finals. Nobody on our list, we'll, we'll finish the next ones too, but, but no one on the, on the list has, ever, has been perfect in the finals. After they've, after they've won multiple championships. And since Michael Jordan retired, they've had some great players. They've had Tyson Chandler and Ron Artest. They've had a lot of good players before they really became great players in the NBA. They've had the Derrick Rose error, and we'll see how that goes. But now they've got Jimmy Butler and Paul Gasol and look really good. The Derrick Rose is one of those guys like... Um... Yeah, he's like a Grand Hill or a Penny Hardaway. Like a Grand Hill, I forgot his name for a second there. Right, who just injury has kind of hurt his career because, you know, and he's still a great player. And we'll yeah. see; it's not over. But, but yeah, like Derrick Rose has definitely. If he hadn't been injured, you know, who knows? Maybe they would have had a, a championship by now, or been closer to getting a championship than they have so far. I sort of agree with what Charles Barkley says recently, which is basically that Derrick Rose is not the same player he once was, and it's not a knock at Derrick Rose, but. When he does come back, he needs to be more of a, I don't want to say a facilitator, but when you have Pau Gasol and Jimmy Butler, he's not the whole team anymore. And that team, it would really hurt that identity of that team if he just tried to come back and do that. You know, his his role on that team is going to evolve because uh, it, re- it would be really unwise for Chicago to continue to invest solely in him when there's so much other talent on that team. So, I, mean, I think what, what we also used as far as intangibles go for Chicago is, you know, getting to, as a, as a Bulls fan, right, being part of that Jordan-Pippen era, winning three in a row, and then another three in a row after Jordan came back, the 72-win season, um, getting to watch those two guys, and also all, all, the, all the amazing dunks and getting to watch that day in and day out. And um, part of the intangibles gave them pretty much full credit because if there was any one individual player you'd want to watch on a nightly basis, I don't see anybody that you'd want to put over ahead of Jordan. Also, one of the, again, few franchises to be able to not just win two in a row, but win three in a row. 
do it on multiple occasions. Yeah. We had to give them full points for being for, for repeating. I think them and the next the, the top two franchises we'll get to are really in the class of their own when it comes to that. So that definitely helped put them above everyone else on our list other than this next team we'll talk about. Yeah, I mean the Chicago Bulls in the nineties, they were the NBA. Right. You would I mean you would just see people I think the nineties was a special time for the NBA in general, but you would see people everywhere with Bulls jerseys on. It didn't matter where you were. Well, I mean, Jordan globalized. Like where in the eighties, kind of you know the the Lakers Celtics rivalry, right, with Bird and Magic, kind of saved them and made them really popular. Yeah. Jordan globalized the game in the nineties, right, because everybody around the world, you know, liked him, liked the Bulls, was a fan of them, and he made the NBA a lot more popular in other countries, not just here. Yeah, Michael Jordan, you don't really see that as much in athletes anymore, but he was just such a professional, as Phil Jackson would probably say. He didn't do a lot of big ego boosts after big plays. I mean, this guy is doing the best plays you've ever seen, but he doesn't have to celebrate after every play because his game spoke for itself, and he was just such on another level. Surprisingly, unlike players of today, they actually doubted Michael Jordan many times. And he always proved his doubters wrong, whether it was they said he wasn't good enough on defense or he couldn't shoot threes or he couldn't win championships. I mean, he pretty much proved everybody wrong yeah, think, on every occasion. Yeah, I think what separated him a little bit and what, what makes Kobe very similar to, to Michael is that you know they, those guys used that to fuel them to, as motivation. And nobody yeah. did it better than him. <laughs> and that's something I really like about Michael Jordan, per se, is and just in people in general, is a lot of people, they get criticized and they complain about it and they point fingers. Michael Jordan, if he could turn a negative into a positive, he would. And he always tried to prove his critics wrong. There's actually a funny play. I think it was against the uh, Jazz. But he, he, he dunked on a guy. I think it was John Stockton. And somebody in the fans, you know, shouted at him and says... Can't oh, yeah. can't you uh, dunk on anybody taller? Pick on someone your own size. That's what it was. Something like that. And he yeah. dunked on the tallest guy on the team. He's that, like a seven-footer. for you? <laughs> and that was just his competitive spirit and who he was. And and the reason we're talking so much about him is because, I mean, he was the Bulls, you know. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, that was like, like MJ said earlier. I mean, him and Pippen and Rodman and you her, other guys like that, but mostly, obviously, most of the credit goes to him since he was the best player, was able to propel uh, a team like that with no championships to the third most all-time and put them, in on, at least on our list, but I think on most people's list, in the top five, maybe even in the top three or four all-time franchises. On our list, him and Pippen were able to take them to number four on our list, but the next team did a little bit better. And it was actually pretty close. It was yeah. within 500 points, which, you know, for our list was, was pretty close. So number three franchise are the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. They had 10,946 points, pretty close to the Bulls. They had, of course, three championships, nine finals appearances, which is third most all time in the NBA, and, but 47 playoff appearances, which is also, I think, third most all time in the NBA, uh, 2,900, I'm sorry, 2,698 regular season wins. Also, by our numbers, third most in the NBA. And, and that's really what kind of propelled them is they've been around a lot longer than Chicago has when it comes you know, in, in yeah. the NBA. 
and just their success in the... Well, I mean, they had success pretty kind of recently, right? Early 2000s with Iverson, you know, when they made it to the finals and they were competitive. But, but they've always really... One of those franchises that have always been successful and good in pretty much any decade you look at. They've had, you know, stretches where they were, you know, competitive and had a chance to, to win a championship or at least be competitive for one. And they're also definitely well above the 500 mark for uh, all-time regular season wins. Yeah, nine, I mean, nine finals appearances is, is amazing. Definitely. So they've had a lot of you know, legendary players, which MJ can talk about that more. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 76ers, it's just one of those classic franchises. They've had Moses Malone, they've had Allen Iverson more recently, Dr. J, of course, probably be the most famous. You know, they've definitely had their rough times, like recently they're not very good, even though they have a really good coach. I mean, it's just, you know, I think we both wanted the Bulls to be third, but 76ers is a team you can live with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah we both pref- like the Bulls more, but like we said earlier, we try to be as objective as possible. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you can't say anything against Philly. As far as intangibles go, their long story, you know, success, they have a lot of history there. The city, even though we're not from there, but from yeah. what we can tell, you know, the city really loves their team, not just the 76ers, but all their other sports franchises. And part of that was part of that, you know, the, the intangibles you know, for them because their fans appreciate them, they like their team, they want them to succeed, kind of like Oklahoma City fans, you know, they really like their team, you know, and it's not like yeah. where, you know, when, when LeBron was on the Heat, a lot of people would say, you know, a lot of those were fake fans, <laughs> yeah. you know, just there because they were good. And I think Philadelphia fans, Oklahoma City she... fans, they truly, they legitimately like their team a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think Charles Barkley said something like that, and... <laughs> He gets booed every time he goes to the Heat. I'm sure, I'm sure there, there are a lot of, you know, actual, real, you know, hardcore Heat fans that have, that have liked them before that and still do. But I think Philly fans are some of the, the most hardcore in, in liking their, their team. When I think of the Philadelphia 76ers, it's them announcing Julius, Irvius, Julius Irving's name and him jumping from the free throw line and doing the famous dunk that... Michael Jordan actually emulated to win his dunk championships, which people might not know. I mean, they just have such a great uh, spot in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And Julius Irving was their face. Uh, one of his most famous plays, He act, it looked like he was jumping out of bounds. Yeah, and he amazing. somehow swinged on the other side, yeah. of the other side of the rim and made a layup. Right. But... Uh, it's hard not to think of the Sixers when you think of NBA history. Definitely, definitely. And that's what helped put them in the top three, was just the, the, con- the continued success. But that doesn't uh, help them compared to this next team, who's had way more of it, especially when it comes to finals and championships. Well, I'll take this one because, obviously, BD has some... Uh... <laughs> Some uh, holdings with the Lakers, if you will. But uh, Boston Celtics is number two. I'm sure you all figured that out. 17,316 total points. And I think that's just an amazing number. When you wow. look at all the other ones really have been within two to 3,000 points of each other. Yeah. But, I mean, in the NBA, really, it's 
that this team has separated themselves away from pretty much everyone else. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 17 championships, 21 finals appearances, 51 playoff appearances, and 3,133 regular season games won. Yeah, it's, I mean, amazing that, that that team has always, you know, been good. I mean, they've had their, in the last, you know, maybe decade or so, they've had a stretch where they haven't been, I mean, obviously in 2008, they beat the Lakers and, and they won their 17th championship, but they've had some stretches recently where they haven't been the dominant team, but yeah, they, early on, right, I mean, eight, oh, the yeah. only team to win eight championships in a row. Not just, I think, wow. in, in the uh, NBA, but really any other major <laughs> sport. Yeah. North American major sport. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a team that has arguably the best player of all time in Bill Russell, the, arguably the best coach of all time in Red Arbach. Sure. Uh, some of the most underrated players would be the guys that played with Bill Russell, like Bob Cousy and them. We're, we're a Hall of Famers. They're of Hall course. of Famers. Yeah, they are they appreciated. They just get over, overlooked because of Bill Russell. They, they're appreciated, but they just get a little bit overlooked. I mean, they just had such a great history. Larry Bird in the 80s, uh, Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce in the early 2000s, and then Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen in the later 2000s. They've had some really good teams. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Celtics one of the two franchises to have over 3,000 wins, right? Well above 500 um, mark in, in regular season games won. Um, yeah, o- one of only two franchises to win over, or have fit over 50 playoff appearances. One of only two <laughs> franchises to make it to the finals, right? Over 20 times. And one of only two franchises to win 10, over 10 championships, right? I mean, amazing. Yeah. Uh, this this team has separated themselves from the pack by a long shot. Yeah, it's just such a historic franchise. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the big yeah. things we took into account with the intangibles. Of course, they got for for repeats. You know, they won eight in a row, eleven in thirteen years. Um, so yeah, for the repeats and dominance, they get full points for that. I mean, when you win eight in a row, <laughs> it doesn't get any more dominant than that. <laughs> And then part of, you know, part there, I think one of the, the cities also kind of like Philadelphia, where they have a deep tradition. The fans there are very loyal. They love their team. They'll support them no matter what. You know, it's worth noting that when Bill Russell played for the Boston Celtics, uh, he dealt with a lot of racism. And he's always at, he's always been a social advocate and carried himself in a very classy manner. Yep. And if there's one guy who really deserves a statue... He would be it. So Definitely. Boston needs to do the right thing, hopefully why Bill Russell is still alive, uh, and give him a statue. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think the NBA did really well back in 2010 when they made the finals MVP trophy. Named that after that was him. really cool. Yeah, that was, that was definitely good. So, yeah, I mean, this franchise been more successful, really, than anybody other than... The next one, which I'm sure everyone now already knows which one it is. I don't, I don't even have to talk on this one. <laughs> yeah, the only other franchise that has had more success than, than the Celtics has been, you know, number one, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. And point-wise, when we did our, our point system, they're the only ones that have, you know, 18,694 points. And the only category where they do a little bit uh, not as good in um, is, is the number of championships, and it's only one 
less. So they have 16 championships, but an amazing 31 finals appearances. Only franchise to make it to the playoffs 60 times. And they were also the first franchise to win over 3,000 games. They're also the winningest franchise ever, both in the playoffs and in the regular season. They have 3,197 regular season games won. Other than the, the two things, I guess, that Boston has where you can make the argument, because you can definitely make the argument that Boston is number one. But I think where, you know, and, and the two things you can always use are we have one more championship and they've beaten the Lakers more times in the, in the finals than the Lakers have beaten them. But Lakers have, have had more success against Boston, you know, recently. You know, yeah. The last few times they've met in the finals. So in the, more, in the modern era, the Lakers have been able to have more success against the Celtics when they've, when they've played against each other. But yeah, I mean, this team's kind of been, in a way, if you think about it, they've won their championships in an opposite way. You know, Boston won 11 of their 17 titles kind of, you know, before 1970. Yeah. Whereas the Lakers, they were, but they were also the first dynasty. They won, you know, they won five out of six championships back in the, I guess, 40s, 50s. So for for a while, they had the most championships. And they were yeah, the uh, mini Minneapolis, Minneapolis Lakers back when they were in, in Minneapolis. Yeah. So for those of you who are wondered why they're the Lakers, it's because they were actually in a place that had lakes. Yeah, the land of lakes, right, <laughs> Minneapolis. So that yeah, that's why they're called that. Yeah, but but they they yeah they definitely went a completely different route. They won the the one the first I don't know if they won the 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 they all the the exact five out of six first titles. I think there was a team the one before them like the the official first NBA championship. But they were the first you know dynasty first you know with uh, George Mikan where yeah. he was able to to lead them to that, which is a pretty big you know accomplishment right off the bat. And then really they've been successful in pretty much every decade. Even in the 90s, you know, they didn't win any championships. But you know, in, in 91, right, Magic Johnson um, and the Lakers oh, played yeah. against the, you know, the Bulls when, they, when the Bulls won their first championship. But, yeah, in every, pretty much every decade they've had success and they've, they've won. I mean, 31 finals appearances. I think back when they won their last championship in, in 2010, I think the NBA was... 60 or 61 something like that years yeah. and I mean basically so then at that point the Lakers were in the finals 50% of the time <laughs> which is unprecedented yeah. for for any team really to, to have that much success and I, I guess at that point right you could say they had a quarter of the titles right pretty much it's pretty insane <laughs> yeah and then of course there's that another I think interesting topic that we could talk about was when you look at Lakers versus Celtics. Celtics won, like you said, most of their titles before the 70s. Lakers had won most of theirs, 11 of them, I think, since the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some, some people would say, well, it means more to win in the modern era. And there are good, I've, I've heard a lot of good arguments uh, yeah. uh, for, for, you know, in both camps that, you know, even those sometimes, you know, th- those back in the 50s and 60s could would mean just as much and that's a pretty interesting topic we could definitely we could discuss you know maybe hopefully over the summer when there aren't as many you know things going on in the NBA yeah as far as intangibles go um, obviously you know pretty much being the most dominant franchise winningest franchise 
you know, being in the final. If you're a Lakers fan, you're almost you're very spoiled basically because <laughs> your 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 team's almost always good. Well, until uh, Buss's son took over. Yeah, well, and, and that's the interesting thing though. This is the first time ever I think that they've had they've missed the playoffs two years in a row. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. I think they had the worst record in franchise history this year that's how long it took them which is pretty amazing so that's why i'm like lakers really are in the nba the most spoiled fans because you're always used to them winning and if you win you know if you're in the finals 31 times out of what is the nba 64 65 years now since it's been around he's getting up there (laughs) i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty close to almost half the time so um well and then of course we wanted to mention some of the the great players for the Lakers I mean it's just you watch the NBA to see the stars the best players in basketball and that's what you get with the Los Angeles Lakers I mean it's just an they are the NBA all-star team there's a few notable absences but I mean every era George Mikan was dominant they had Wilk Chamberlain and Jerry West at one point. Yeah. Uh, you know, Magic Johnson. They had Kareem. They had Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Shaq, and Kobe, Kobe. They Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol. And they also had the guy who was Dr. J before Dr. J, the original innovator of the dunk in the NBA, Elgin Baylor. Right, yeah. I would forget him. Um, and that's the thing with the Lakers, it's easy to forget guys. And you know, some, yeah. of, the, some of these guys, though, since there's so many of them, like the Lakers, who would be a starter on any other franchise, wouldn't even be a starter on on the Lakers. Like Elgin Baylor, probably in in, in most Lakers fans, if you put a list of top, you know, like the, the you know the, the starters, he might not even be on there yeah, for a lot of pe- people. So yeah, that, that's that's the other thing with the Lakers. So when we <clears> when we <throat> talked about the intangibles for them, of course they had an all-time winning record. Um, you know, getting to play in L.A. You know, one of the greatest cities in the world, you know, Hollywood, getting to see celebrities, you know, every night. And, of course, an onslaught of, of not just Hollywood stars, but NBA players. Yeah. The repeats, I mean, they're also one of the few franchises that, that have had been able to not just have you know, win two in a row, which they've also been able to do on multiple occasions, but they've also had multiple three-peats when they were in Minneapolis and then again with Shaq and Kobe. And then they had a repeat with Kareem and, and Magic in the '80s, also when they were in Minneapolis, because yeah. they won five out of five out of six. They won two in a row, and then and then three or three in a row, and then two. I can't remember, but really, you know, they won five out of six. They won a lot. <laughs> so somewhere in there, they had a, a repeat and a three-peat. So one of the few teams to be able to do that. So we had to give them, you know, full points there as well. I mean, what? I mean, they're just so amazing uh, from a franchise perspective. Right. They've done everything a franchise should do and more, and Jack Nicholson loves them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. How can you argue with Jack? <laughs> and you don't, yeah, you, don't, you do not argue with Jack Nicholson. Right. And I think that ends us, that ends the discussion of the top 10 franchises. I did mention before we started our list, I wanted to talk about a little bit who we liked instead of the teams. Obviously, Atlanta, we never thought they would be in the top 10. You know, my number one, obviously, the Lakers. Number two was Boston. Three for me would be Bulls. Four, the Spurs. Because I like to put more emphasis on, you know, winning the championships. But, you know, one of the things I think we learned looking at this, you have to look at, you know, playoffs, regular season wins. 
you know, longevity of the, of the franchise as well. And then I guess after that, Detroit, Philly, New York, the Warriors, to, to kind of round out the list. And then after that, I mean, Houston. Yeah. Um, for me, Miami. I'll put them, you know, as number 10 because of their their success being able to win, make it to the final score times in a row. You know, the Miami Heat, they're obviously a great franchise, an expansion franchise. Right. Late 80s, early 90s, I think it was a... And for an expansion franchise, that's pretty, that's very successful, right? For me, I wouldn't put them on there, but, <laughs> but I mean... But you can't argue with their success. They were great in the 90s with Tim Hardaway and right. Alonzo Mourning, they, but there was a lot of great teams in the 90s, but, sure. you know, especially their real big success came in the 2000s. Uh, when Dwayne Wade. Shaq teamed up with Dwayne Wade to win him a ring. Right. And then, of course, LeBron James infam- infamously announced he was going to South Beach, and they won a couple. Yeah, they won two. I'm not counting for them, but, <laughs> I mean, they're good. I wouldn't put them on there, but whatever. <laughs> All right, so another thing uh, I thought was be really interesting, uh, basically the way the podcast will be set up is we'll have our main topic of conversation, but there's a lot of interesting things that happen, you know, basically every week in the NBA season, and this is just our hot topics corner where we'll go through, we'll give some brief opinions and just ramble on as much as we feel necessary, basically. So I think the first thing worth mentioning, this happened a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Time's getting away from me here, but uh, Steve Nash retired. He actually retired at the beginning of the year, but for political reasons, for salary, money reasons, basically, for helping the team or whatever you want to say, he didn't announce it until... Recently, and he's a great player in the league. Yeah. Um, one of the all-time assist leaders, two MVPs, probably the only success Mike D'Antoni will ever have as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you just got to honor the great players, and Steve right. Nash did an amazing job in the NBA. Especially, it always amazed me. NBA players do it all the time, but you take a guy of average height like Steve Nash. I mean, he dominates among the Giants, and it's just sure. makes his teammates better. The shots he could make, wow. Yeah, definitely. The Lakers were in that little rebuilding phase. I didn't like him very much since <laughs> they would beat the Lakers in the playoffs all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. When he joined the Lakers, I was happy, and I really hoped that he would get an opportunity to win a championship with them. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, uh, but he's a very... And he's, He's not just a great player and a good like guy. He's a very smart player too. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of his ability comes not just from you know like physic physically, but from you know being actually you know outthinking his opponents and, and being yeah. smart. That that's pretty pretty special. He's a unique player. Mm-hmm. Most players get worse as they get older. <clears throat> I actually felt that Steve Nash got better as career went on. Sure. Um, and to be honest with you, the, his for his style of play even though he might have not been as known as the best defensive player, I felt he, he, he had an, I felt like he had another year in his tank, and I really wanted to, to see him 
go out playing for the contender. Sure. But, you know, that's the way the story goes. Uh, when they had Dwight Howard, Nash, Ron Artest, Pau Gasol, and Kobe, I mean, it wasn't a good season with injuries, but it's really disappointing. So much talent on one team, they didn't didn't really get it done. Right. I mean, Steve Nash has had a great career, so he probably doesn't really have too much to complain about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there are a lot of other great players who were never able to win the championship. I mean, Brian, one of them, of course, is... Charles Barkley, I mean, Patrick Ewing is another, and you know, there's a there's a good list of them who were great and you know, never never got the ring. Nothing to be ashamed of. Definitely. All right. So the next hot topic of interest is the MVP race. In my opinion, this is as far as I can remember, this is probably the closest NBA MVP race I can ever remember. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of great talent out there. LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, even though neither one of them will win it, really comes down to James Harden and Stephen Curry. And, I mean, James Harden putting up career numbers, sure. 51 points. But mind you, <laughs> the Rockets are improving without Dwight Howard, so that's really impressive. Sure. Stephen Curry, I don't think I've ever seen a player in NBA history he could he can shoot spot up threes. He can shoot threes off the dribble. Right. He's a video game machine. Definitely. The things he could do. Also, you know the Warriors have a, a much better record yeah. than than Houston. So I like both guys. Nothing against either one. But if I had to like say who if I would pick personally, I guess I'd go with with Curry just because his team is doing a lot better. Maybe individually. I mean, yeah, he's also a great scorer and a great player also. I don't know who, which player I would like more on my team. Both are, either, I, you can't go wrong right now with either one, really. And I wouldn't have been able, we wouldn't have thought like three or four years ago when Harden was with Oklahoma City yeah. that he would be this good. Same with Curry. He was always pretty small and skinny and you would never would have think he'd be one of the or best players in the NBA. Yeah, it's really surprising because when James Harden came off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was a good player, but I don't think anybody ever thought he'd be an MVP candidate. And Stephen Curry, he was always, he was good. You know, he's a good three-point shooter, but he's definitely elevated his game to another mm-hmm. level. And, I mean, as NBA fans, we just get the luxury of watching amazing basketball. And I really think that this is one of those MVP races that's going to go down to the final games of the season. I don't think... When they do the voting, there's any clear-cut winner yet. Right. Yeah, and I guess the only thing you could say to separate them out a little bit is the Golden State, as of now, they're the only team that has been able to win 60 games, and they only have, at this point, only 13 losses. (laughs) I actually saw the Pacers versus Rockets live last year, and Houston added a few different guys to give them a different look, but basically the Pacers shut down the Rockets, and... Harden has really found a way to adapt. He uh, leads the league getting to the free throw line, and that's what great players do. You know, there's more than one way to be great in the NBA. Not every player is going to be the most athletic or the most powerful, but, you know, James Harden was smart enough to find a way to adapt. And and just Stephen Curry's playing out of his mind. I mean, the Golden State Warriors are just doing so well. It's it's crazy season. All right, so this is more more or less my... (laughs) Topic that I picked at least, but the Cavs run. Cleveland Cavaliers, phenomenal season. Yeah, I mean, they've proved a lot because they had a pretty rough start in the beginning and then you know, LeBron had some injury issues. Yeah, I mean, it's just that uh, 
it's just so amazing. First off, credit to LeBron for going back to Cleveland. He's definitely a polarizing figure in sports. I wasn't a big fan that he went to Miami, you know, honestly, but I became a fan when he went back to Cleveland because, especially when LeBron left, the team he was going to in Cleveland wasn't very good. They were bad. All, I mean, Kyrie Irving, you know, some potential good draft choices, but they were a very bad team. And I mean, it's a completely different roster now, but just the journey this team has taken. I mean, they've had a rough start to the season. General management did a good job of making some key trades throughout the season. Bringing in Mozgov was by far the biggest, most important move. And he's a player that most people didn't even know, you know, who he was. And then obviously J.R. Smith and Shumpert round out some of their big trades. But they've just, I mean, they've really come together. They're playing great team basketball. Everybody's getting look, looks. And, you know, the big controversy, which always happens with great teams, but would be Kevin Love and his utilization on the team and how he's doing. But the reality is, statistically, Kevin Love's doing really well. And when you play for a great team, your numbers are going to take a hit. So it's just been a great run for the Cavs. And uh, we'll talk about this kind of stuff later. But, I mean, they have a great chance of going to the finals this year. So anyway... uh, We sort of touched on this a little bit, but just worth noting is Houston Rockets jumped to second place. They've been in the middle of the pack the majority of the season. Dwight Howard went down with injuries, and in the NBA, one of those things happen. When you lose such a crucial part to your team, a lot of times the thought process is, well, you know, they're not going to be as good. (laughs) They're only going to get worse. Well, Houston's gotten better. Yeah. So kudos to them. Yeah, and everyone in the West other than... (laughs) The you know, seven and eight seed are pretty close, and then of course Golden State. They're they're not. They're, even if they lost, I think all the other games this this the rest of the season, since they're only like seven or eight left, they would still be number one. But yeah, everyone else is within a game or two of each other. But yeah, being able to in this really tough Western Conference climb up to the number two spot for now at least, because <laughs> their record as of now they're fifty two and twenty four. They're tied with Memphis. But yeah, to to be able to be in that top you know, three spot in the West is very good. Exactly. Another this 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 to me is hilarious. So I mean, there's not really too much to say with it, but it's I had to say I had to mention this. Uh, this is my dorky basketball side coming into play because it's probably not going to be funny to anybody else. But Paul George, he's coming back this week to the Pacers. And if you've been following the Indiana Pacers this year, Paul George has been injured all season. They traded Lance Stevenson because they thought he was sort of a disruption to the team or whatever, and they were relying on Paul George. And, of course, they trade Lance Stevenson, then Paul George is injured, so they're not a good team anymore. But I don't know, man. You come back. You co- I think they're a playoff team, aren't they? They're right there. So they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They might. Well, they're only one or two games behind the number eight seed. Yeah. So they, I mean, they have a shot unless, you know, they lose two or three in a row. But as long as depends on what the number eight seed does. I mean, why does why does he just wait till the last game of the season to come back? <laughs> I don't know. That one's all you. I don't. Um, the last the, the oh. last thing worth mentioning around the league is uh, the New York Knicks. Obviously, they've been having a horrible season. They brought in Phil Jackson. 
whatever fancy title they gave him. He just does whatever he wants, basically. But, uh, I mean, they're just horrible. <laughs> and only, At this point, they've only won 14 games. Yeah, I mean... They're the, yeah, they're the worst team in the East. And I think in the entire NBA, let's see the Western. Yeah, they're the worst team in the NBA. So, so they're, the worst, they're the worst team in the NBA. Um, obviously, everybody in New York had a lot of hope when they got Phil Jackson. He, I'm sure he's got a strategy here, but he basically got rid of almost all their good players, except for Carmelo Anthony. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah, I think with, with the Knicks, he's, he said he, he'll need a few years to get them into shape. So we'll see. I mean, you, I think to judge him fairly, uh, as whatever his role is, as the GM or whatever he is, exactly, I can't remember now either. Um, he, he said he'll need a few years, and you have to give him more than just one or two seasons to get them into into shape. Yeah, I mean, the NBA is a professional level. It's like Hollywood. Everything you do gets scrutinized, yeah. and when you're losing, everybody's on you. And Phil Jackson is one of the smartest minds in basketball. So I definitely trust him and trust his vision, but... You know, I'm not really sure what he's trying to do, if he's going for the draft or if he's going to try to recruit a player, but... It's definitely possible when after the Lakers, when they had that super team, when they lost to Detroit in back in 2004 in the finals, right? Yeah. Then Shaq left, and all the other guys left, so it was basically just Kobe, and they did get, you know, Lamar Odom. But it took them, like, four years, then back in then 2008, they were already, like, championship contenders, they knocked off the Spurs, and you know, they lost to the finals uh, in the finals to Boston. But it took them four years and to become, you know, title contenders. So it's possible. I mean, I think if he asks for four years, that's a reasonable timetable. Yeah. Um, and obviously, even the Lakers were able to do it. So I don't see, you know, I mean, they probably weren't as they weren't in as bad of a shape. They did have Kobe, you know, had a great superstar. But I mean, Carmelo Anthony is he's not Kobe Bryant, but he's at least somewhere you can start, I guess. But yeah, if he asks for more than just one or two years, I think I think that's fair as long as they keep making progress. Exactly. Because yeah, I mean, even those years, I think when when the Lakers were bad, they were still playoff contenders. So there's still, I guess, there's a big difference still. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's just uh, definitely been a rough season for the Knicks. We'll see what happens. And like I said, it's more it's more an investment for the future. BD said it. BD said it. And like BD said, it's more of. And like BD said, it's more of an investment for the future. Um, they weren't good when Phil Jackson got there. They were always underachieving team. As far as my opinions on the players on that team, we can go into that later. But yeah, uh, my voice is down here. Um, how do I end this? <laughs> But, we'll, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Knicks, and um, you know, obviously they're underachieving. Sure, sure. So we'll we'll come back and, and do another one. I think this time we wanted to do a big topic. We won't spend as much time on just one topic like we did this time with the the top ten franchise. But we some we wanted something that was you know interesting and hopefully yeah hopefully. <laughs> we we tried <laughs> right and that a lot of people would like to discuss because I'm sure our list isn't uh, well not sure but I mean I'm, I'm positive it's not perfect there are more categories you can add some of the teams you could change the, the positioning we weren't 100% happy with 
the positions like we said earlier, we wanted some teams to be higher up, others to not even be included in there at all. But it was something interesting to, to discuss when we put this on YouTube, you know, in the comments. And from in the future we'll at least for now, we'll keep the, the main topic shorter and we'll have more you know, smaller topics and we definitely want to get into discussing playoffs. Definitely. With who's gonna win the West, who's gonna win the East, <clears throat> and of course who's gonna win the championship, which is you know, the main topic that we wanted to maybe discuss next time. That's that's the game plan. So if you love NBA basketball, professional basketball, definitely stay tuned. The playoff basketball is the best. Playoff basketball is the best. We'll have a lot of great topics to talk about. And this was just our introductory podcast. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit of rambling on and all that stuff. Well, anyway, uh, I just want to say uh, on behalf of myself, and of course, BD. We definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and check us next time because there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, we'll, and we'll try to do it in the next two weeks. Yeah, we're going to shoot for two weeks, and uh, not a, there's no definite time. But, right. But so yeah, so basically expect new content soon.